Do you ever feel like you have an underrepresented population in your classes? So for example, today, if you are listening to this in real time, it is February 22nd, which is introduce a girl to engineering day. And I taught engineering and I had very few female students taking my classes. And today I want to be talking to you about how you can actually use social media to recruit those non-traditional students to your program. So we're going to talk a lot about how you can do that with social media, but unfortunately, social media isn't the catch-all or the answer for this. You are going to need to go a step beyond. Maintaining or increasing enrollment. Staying on top of ever-changing content. Incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about, in addition to applying great teaching principles. When we're talking about non-traditional CTE students, we are talking about those in the field and on that path for the career where there is less than 25% of the workforce is comprised of that gender is typically what we're looking at. But it can also go with race and disability. So we're going to talk about that as well. But normally when we're talking about non-traditional careers and those choices is it is the gender gap. So we're going to look at some examples like for women may include those in automotive or electronics or welding. And then for men, it could be education, nursing, or cosmetology. I taught high school engineering, so therefore I primarily taught male students. I thought that because I was female, that I would attract more female students, that students would see themselves in me, but that was not the case. When I got strategic about my recruiting and marketing is when I was finally able to recruit more females to my program. So here's what you can do to specifically recruit those additional students. So first off, make sure that your recruitment materials, such as your photos, posts, and videos, reflect a diverse representation of students, including gender, race, and disabilities. Are you going to have to work harder to get those photos? You better believe it. Where there are going to be times when you have the same student who was in a lot of your materials. Yep. So it's not enough to just take those photos. Choose to use photos that have students actually doing the work, not watching. So if you're wanting to entice students, female students to be in your classes. You don't want them to be the ones watching the male students actually produce what they are doing in the class. You want them to be actively working. And when you're showing those photos or those images, the videos, you want to actually show that they're doing things in there and that they're being successful. When you are also creating those photos or taking those photos, make sure that you can reduce some stereotypes by displaying some sort of element or of their personality or identity that is not work related. And you can do this to help counter some biases that maybe a certain type of female will take your class or a certain male takes your class. Make sure that 
maybe you're taking photos and I know it kind of seems hard, but what I'm thinking of is maybe you have a student athlete who really loves culinary arts. Now you could take a picture of them on any given day, but if they are wearing their jersey or some other something that shows that they are part of an athletic team while they are in your class, that is definitely the day to take some photos. You're also going to need to educate your counselors and faculty on bias, both personal and institutional, and ensure that they understand the barriers for students seeking non-traditional careers. There is no other, like, the worst feeling ever when you've put together so much effort in recruiting these diverse populations to find out that a counselor or other faculty member has counseled students otherwise. So for example, I taught engineering and I had heard on several occasions that I had female students or students who are wanting to take my classes. And there was one particular counselor that was telling them that that was a class for boys. And I don't even know if it was engineering. I believe it was like robotics. And so they were being told, don't take robotics. It's just for boys. And it annoyed me because I had been working so hard to to market to that population and to specifically talk about in my other classes, the other classes that had female students in it and hope that they would then take robotics for it to be shut down. And when they were having those meetings with their parents and the counselors or even just the counselors that the counselors were saying, oh, well, maybe you should take this class instead. While this shouldn't be an issue, bias does unfortunately still exist. So some may not be aware that they are actually contributing to it. So it may take some effort to show these stakeholders that these biases are outdated. So try showcasing successful current and former students who may fit that other perspective. So for me, I would highlight and tell my counselors, my principal, whomever I could tell about the successes that my female students were having in my robotics class. How this team of female students won the robotics competition that we had with BattleBots and they were amazing and awesome. Or the 3D printing competition that we had with other schools across the nation. The winning shape and thing that was like in the toy machine was designed by my female students. And I know it seems like I'm going like over the edge, but sometimes you do have to go like over the top and really make a point as to highlight and showcase those students, especially if you're wanting to increase the enrollment of that particular group. If you have former students who fit into that category, you may want to have them come as guest speakers and then invite the counselors to attend. Because if they see that student has been really successful post-secondary, post-high school, then they might be more inclined to change their tune in how they are having students sign up for classes. The final thing with social media is don't assume that your audience knows what non-traditional careers are. And I'm using that phrase here because as CTE teachers, if you Google that phrase, most of the time you know what it is because we talk about careers in our class and it is a very like studious way of saying 
students who are underrepresented in your classes. But make sure that when you are writing up any information, any posts, anything like that, the, you are using common language instead of industry specific terms. And if you need help writing your captions, make sure that you grab my free caption templates and they can work for social media posts and also for websites. So if you go to kristenmasick.com forward slash captions, then there's a whole bunch that you can actually like fill in the various information like the course name, your name as a teacher, examples of what your students are working on. And that is a great way to really talk about your program and think about how to simplify the wording as you are writing those. Because what you're wanting to do is you are wanting to write those as if you are explaining something to a five-year-old, not a fifth grader, a five-year-old. So really put it in simple terms when you are describing what your students are working on in class and the projects that they are doing. For this last part, I wanted to talk about how you are probably going to need to go beyond social media, specifically if you are recruiting female students. There is research that has been done that says that it is not enough to just use social media, flyers, videos to recruit some female students to some of our programs because there are some stereotypes or there are some misconceptions about our courses. What these students need is that they will know that they will enjoy your course, but not only that, that they'll be successful at it. So you've got to create some sort of experience where they can feel that success and then they will be more likely to request your course. Think about how you might be able to allow these students to experience success. So you could host a field trip event where you invite female students or specific students to learn how to code. I had a lot of success doing this when I was teaching and I had actually created a code girl event where we invited schools from our entire district and they were junior high school so they were feeding into our programs and we specifically marketed to females. We were able to pay for the buses for each of the schools and we had them come and come to this event and do some hour of code. And so it, it wasn't a big deal like once they got to the area, it ran pretty smoothly. But what the comments and the feedback that I got from those students is they were so excited to see that there were other girls interested in coding. So maybe there was only like 10 or 15 girls per school. Well, now I just had seven schools coming. So I just multiplied that number by seven and they look around the room and they realize they are not that different from other girls and there's more girls out there. So they have that confidence and then they're successful when they are doing the things during that day. They're getting really excited about the processes that they're going through and they're realizing that this could be something that they might enjoy doing. You might not actually have to create the event. Maybe you just have to find the event. We have an event here in Utah that is very similar and it is marketing to females who want to go in the IT industry. And they actually have a huge event where they bring in a bunch of employers, a bunch of different companies, and they have like a trade show, but then they also have a part where the students sit at a table with 
a mentor, so a female mentor from one of these companies, and they actually go through the design process and they come up with an app to do something. So there's always a different um, problem that they are to solve, but they're to work together on that team. They have the mentor there and it's just a, such a great experience for these females. Another idea is that you can collaborate with other CTSOs and plan an event where participants experience success in other areas. So for example, Jared is the CTSO advisor for Skills USA, and maybe he gets with the CTSO advisor for HOSA, and they create some sort of something that they collaborate together, and the HOSA students who are typically involved in the medical field can to experience some things that he does in his classroom and vice versa. And this could be some sort of service project where they need to make something, maybe they need to do something in the wood shop, and you are introducing these other students who are already active in CTSO, so they already value CTE, but you're getting them into different parts of the building and seeing what you are doing in your respective shops, labs, and classroom spaces. These collaborations can work well for all the CTO advisors involved because you are all probably dealing with the same issues, but they might be opposite of one another. So really getting those students to experience those other places, those other things, and have fun and enjoy and have those successes is a great way to expand your recruiting efforts still within staying with the CTE world. Okay, as a quick summary, there are some special considerations to make when you are recruiting for non-traditional CTE students. When you're creating marketing materials, make sure that all genders, races, and disabilities are shown working and enjoying your classes. Highlight student interests outside of class so future students will relate. Educate your counselors and faculty to eliminate bias. Marketing alone may not recruit future students. Find ways for future students to experience success in your classes before they ever sign sign up. So that sums up today's episode. If you have not connected with me yet, I hang out the most on Instagram at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week.